Book of Zechariah, chapter number three, verses number one. The Bible declares, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to somebody shall accuse him. Verses number two declares, the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sins and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on on his head and clothe him while the angel of the Lord stood by. Thank you once again for this word. Anoint me, God, to communicate effectively to your people in Jesus' mighty name. We're in the middle of a series we just started on last week, simply entitled My Church Family Matters. Somebody just, somebody shout that again, My Church Family Matters. I want you to emphasize my, say it again, My Church Family Matters. Yes, because I believe just like the, the, the family matters to God, his church family, the church body also matters. So to launch us into where it is that we're going, and I want you guys to have patience with me because I'm going to do a lot more reading today than what I normally do, but I'm, I'm operating in obedience because these are the scriptures, the text that he gave me to, to support what it is that God wants to do in this particular hour. So I want to just throw these two statements on the screen to, to launch us into what it is that God has in store for us. The first statement I got one from one of my distant mentors, it says the third most important decision in your life is choosing who you will allow to spiritually shepherd you. I want to let that marinate just for a second. I believe the most important decision in your life is Jesus. Can somebody say amen to that? Secondly, I believe the second most important decision in your life is choosing who you will do life with as a spouse till death do you part. That's, that's number two. Number three, that third most important decision is deciding who you will allow to make spiritual impartation into your soul. Uh, put, put, the next, put the next slide on the screen. This, this is another statement that I received from one of my mentors. Uh, Jesus built the church, but he allowed imperfect chosen individuals within the church to manage, it, manage its affairs under his authority. Just want to let that marinate. Uh, yeah. Jesus built the church, but after building the church, he, for whatever reason, chooses imperfect, but yet chosen people to manage its affairs under his authority. Let's, let's put some proof text under that particular statement. The first part of that statement that Jesus built the church is in Matthew 16, 18, where he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Jesus is the establisher. He is the builder of the church. But after building the church, he puts it in the hands of men under his authority, of course, but he nevertheless put it in the hands of people to manage its affairs. Let me show you this in the text. In the book of Ephesians, chapter number four, verses number seven, the apostle Paul writes, and he says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift. Somebody shout, he's given me a gift. Shout it again, he's given me a gift. He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Eight declares, this is why, that, that is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Shout it again, God has given me a gift. Now, let's, let's underscore the gifts that he's given to the body. Ephesians 4 and 11, the Bible declares, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Now, juxtaposing this idea with what we taught on last week, we, talk about, we talked about spiritual gifts that you received on your spiritual birthday that he placed on the inside of your belly as enhancements to fulfill your individual ministry. Those are not the gifts that he's talking about in Ephesians 4 and 11. The gifts that he's talking about are the leaders that he has placed in the body, come on somebody, to lead the body of Christ. So the question is that individual gifts whether it's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, uh, 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 discernment of spirit, no matter what the gift is, the question is how are you handling your individual gift, but by the same token, the gift that he's given to the body, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how are you treating your gifts? 
Now, I'll be honest with you. I'll be very, very transparent with you. If I was Jesus, now, I'm not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. But, Jeff, if I was Jesus, I wouldn't have done this because, understand, Jesus is perfect. He is all-knowing. He is omnipresent. I'm talking about he is the epitome of a leader. And if I am a perfect Jesus, the last thing I would do is choose a flawed individual. The last thing I would do is choose a Pastor McGee who is not everywhere at the same time, who is not all-knowing, who has his own own individual that would be the last thing that I would do but nevertheless this is God's system and I want to highlight this in Zechariah chapter number three verses number one this is powerful this is what God does to his chosen leaders in Zechariah chapter number three verses number one the Bible declares then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan somebody shall and Satan and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. So here is the question, Pastor. What is Joshua doing there standing before the angel of the Lord? Gee, this is not just a regular angel, but this is Jesus manifested. What, what is Joshua doing there? And then by the same token, what in the world is the devil doing there? I'll tell you why Joshua is there. Joshua is there because Jesus has chosen him as a leader for the people. Well, that makes sense for Joshua to be there. But why is Satan there? I'll tell you why Satan is there. Because Satan is there because he knows that Joshua ain't supposed to be there. Based on his reputation, based on the stuff that God had to bring him out of, there is no reason why Joshua needs to be on this stage. But nevertheless, when we get to verse number three, I'm ready to run already. The Bible declares, yes, although Satan is there to accuse Joshua because of who he is and what he has been involved in, the Bible declares in verse number two, the Lord said to Satan... The Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem. Now, I want to park there just for a moment. I'm so excited. There are some of you guys, you will come to me from time to time, and you will tell me how a particular message has blessed your life and how it encouraged you and challenged you and stretched you. But in all actuality, Sister Africa, there are many days, there are many Sundays when I am standing on this platform and I am insecure, I am shaken, I'm not really sure if this is what God wants me to do to the people, and I will pray this simple prayer. And after praying this simple prayer. It's like heaven will fall in my spirit. The prayer will go something like this. Father, I'm not really sure if this is going to feed your people, but I'm asking you, God, to anoint this word for your people's sake and not for mine. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. When I do it like that, come on, somebody, there will be something that will rest on me because it's not about me, but it is about the people of God. So what God does, he says, I'm going to rebuke the devil. Watch this for, jo for Joshua's sake, but I'm going to rebuke the devil for the people's benefit. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. He says, because I love my people so much, I won't allow the devil to mess with the leader that I put in place to feed the people. Because if you mess with him, you messing with them. And I won't allow you to mess with them, so I'm going to rebuke you from messing with him. He says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who chose Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a man a burning stick snatched from the fire. Yeah, devil, you write about what you said concerning him, and he deserves hell, but he's yet my chosen man, and I'm going to snatch him out of the fire. Verse number three, now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes, and as he stood before the angel, the angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sins and I, and watch this, and I will put fine garments on you. Understand what's happening in, in verses number four. He is literally clothing him with righteousness. He is, he doesn't deserve it, but this is what I do for my servants. This is what I do for my people. I give them my righteousness. I had a, I had a great conversation with a young man on yesterday. He was helping me with some service and, and we just, we just happened to be in the same place and his name was Ali. And, and so I said, Ali, you must be Islamic. And he says, yes, I'm of the Muslim faith. And I said, Ali, man, I tell you, I respect your faith and I respect you, man, your commitment to your faith. And he says, I appreciate that. He says, you know, Christianity and Islam is really kind of the same because we, we have a high moral code. And I told Ali, I said, man, you're absolutely right. Both of us, we have a high moral code. But the difference between what I believe and what you believe, you work in order to be accepted by your God. I work because I'm already accepted by 
oh my God. I don't know if that planted a seed, if it watered a seed, I don't know, but I just felt led, come on somebody, to share with him that when God, when, ooh, when God chooses you, come on somebody, he don't make you work to earn his righteousness, he bestows righteousness upon you. So this is what God does. This is what God does. The book of Acts chapter number 13, the Bible declares, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work of the ministry that I have in store for them. Barnabas and Saul in the book of Acts chapter number 13, they were there worshiping with everybody else, but the Holy Ghost of God spoke to the leaders and said, separate me these two. And, and watch this. Pastor McGee is amongst the people. Pastor McGee is one of the people. I struggle just like you struggle. I go through just like you go through. I'm tempted just like, come on somebody. I see some some fine walk past me just like you see some fine walk past you. Y'all ain't saying that in this play. But what God said, he said, separate me, Pastor McGee, for the work I have in store for him. And what happens is I stand on this stage, and while I'm standing on this stage, the devil tries to fight my mind about what I ain't and what I did do and what I haven't become yet. But the Holy Ghost of God rises up against me in, on the inside of me and says, Satan, the Lord rebukes you. Why am I rebuking you, Satan? Not because of Greg, but I'm rebuking you for the the people at EMCC that he's called the pastor and then he clothed me with his righteousness and he puts me behind the stage and challenges me to communicate the gospel to the people so watch this then I said put a clean turban on his head so they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. The angel, now, now watch verse number six now, because God called me, he separated me, he clothed me with his righteousness. But watch this, after clothing me with righteousness, he still wants me to live right. So verse number six says, the angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Pastor McGee, if you will... If you will walk in obedience to me and keep my requirements, then you will govern my house and have charge over my courts. If you, if you will do what I'm telling you to do, if you, will, if you will obey my commandments, come on, if you will keep my requirements, you can keep your position. Because watch this, as a pastor, God loves me as a son, but he will fire me as a servant. I'm just going to let that rest in the air just for a second. Hmm. He loves me as a son. No matter, hey, no matter what I do, God loves me. No matter where I go, no matter what I say, God loves me. He will always love me as a son, but he will not always tolerate me as a servant. Let me proof text this just for a moment. In Jeremiah chapter number 23, verses number one, again, I'm going to throw a lot of text at you. I just need you to buckle your seatbelt and somebody just shout, I'm going to enjoy this ride. Jeremiah 23 and one, the Bible declares, woe to the shepherds who are destroying, not building, but destroying, not gathering, but scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people, because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. Verse number three, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the country. Somebody shout, that's good news. Because when you've been under bad leadership or you've been, watch this, watch this. You've been driven away from God because of his kids. Come on, sir. You've been driven away from the father because of his children. When, when you hear a word that God wants to gather you back again, that he wants to bring you back to him again, he says, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their path. I'm going to bring you back, back to a place of nourishment where there will be fruitful and increase in numbers. Somebody shout, that's good news. But this is how God's going to do it. I'm going to fire one pastor, but I'm getting ready to give you another one. You didn't become, you, you didn't become pastor free. Verse number four says, I will do what, y'all? What, what is verse number four? I will place what, y'all? Shepherds over them who will tend them. Now, now come on, come on now. If... If I had one bad pastor, why give me another one? <laughs> if I had one bad experience with the leader, and, and it's, it's been amazing to me just some of the testimony of saints that have come through here, um, of their experience of, of things that have happened in the church. And don't, don't get it twisted. It's not like we perfect, and, and, we're not, and it's not like I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. But there, watch this. There, there, are some, there are some wolves out there for sure. 
So Pastor McGee, if I'm one of those individuals who's set under a wolf, if I'm, if, I'm under, if I'm an individual who's set up under somebody corrupt, if God takes me from under that covering, why give me another? This is the foundation of where we're going. This is why Jesus built the church. He did. But it's his will that he put chosen individuals. They're imperfect, but yet chosen individuals within the church to manage its affairs. Here's my challenge to the people of God. Instead of trying to fight what God do, has, is doing, why don't we pause for a moment to see why he's doing it? Because there are many believers that's just fighting it. I know, I know I'm supposed to be a part of a local church. I know I'm supposed to be, sir. I know I'm not just a part of the universal body of Christ or the universal church. I'm supposed to be a part of the local church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I know that, but I don't really want to do that. So I ain't going to even entertain it. Instead of fighting it, instead of rejecting it, why don't you press pause just for a moment and somebody just, somebody just say, why? And let's at least entertain why Jesus established this in the church Watch this. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 4, the apostle Paul is writing to his son. I'm going to read verses 3 first, and then I'm going to go back to verse number 1. He says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And we're in that generation right now. I don't want to no, hold myself accountable. I don't want to live right. I want to live according to how I want to live. And I'm going to staff people around me who support what I want to do. Come on, somebody. Instead of challenging me to do what God wants me to do. So this is what Paul, the apostle, communicates to, watch this, this young pastor as well as young apostle. He says to them in the, pre he says to him in the the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Somebody shall preach the word. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to preach the word. I'm supposed to preach the word, and not only, not only preach the word, he says, be prepared in season and out of season. Watch this. Doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Help me in this place. Doesn't matter if I don't feel like preaching or not. It doesn't matter what the season is. I'm telling you, in June, I was diagnosed with COVID myself, so you know what I did? I shut the church down. Oh, God. Watch this. I was sick, but I still had to preach, so I shut the church down. Ty was way in the back. I told him, turn the camera on, put Facebook live and I said praise the Lord this is the day that the Lord has made come on we shall rejoice and be I still had to preach even when I was sick because I'm called to do just that in season and out of season correct rebuke encourage with great patience and careful instruction I want to couple this text with Romans 10 13 I'm supposed to preach watch this it says for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what saved this scripture text is taken from Joel 2, uh, 32, where the writer says, the prophet says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So the word salvation or saved, in essence, it means to be delivered. Now, ultimately, for the believer, because of your relationship with Christ, you are delivered from the punishment of eternal judgment. Can somebody say amen to that? Yes, but, but, but beyond deliverance in the spirit, understand you have a soul as well as a body. There are times you are delivered in your spirit. You are connected to your God, but you disconnected in your mind. You, got, you need to be delivered, come on somebody, in the depths of your soul. And this is what he says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord, deliverance is for you. I don't care what your, deliver, I don't care what your addiction is. I don't care what your struggle is. According to the word of the Lord, if I call on, somebody shout, Jesus. Y'all ain't saying that. Somebody shout, Jesus. If I call on Jesus, I shall be saved and delivered. But verse 14 says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So the scripture says that you will be saved if you call but you can't call on him if you don't even believe it. And you can't believe it if you've never heard it. And you can't hear it unless there's somebody to actually communicate and preach the gospel to you. Preaching, watch this, it's not, it's not mine exclu exclusively because in essence we're all called to minister, we're all called to preach, we're all called to proclaim the gospel. But it is my responsibility as a pastor to Preach the gospel. 
Let's dive a little bit deeper in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 3, verse number 13. The writer says, only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree. And ye have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Now he's talking to the people of God. He says, turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Now, when I bring you back to Zion, which is symbolic to the church, this is what I want to do for you. I want to give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Somebody shall feed me, pastor. Now understand, you should be reading on your own, you should be studying on your own, you should be praying on your own, you should be fasting on your own, but by, watch this, by the same token, I am a necessary component within your spiritual nutrition. Although there's revelation that you should be getting on your own, there is a measure of revelation that God reserved through the leader to minister to the body of Christ. And you can, watch this, you can close yourself off from the rest of the body, I want to say it like this, you can, you can choose, watch this, to eat sweets all you want. But if, if you spend the rest of your life just eating cookies and cakes and ice cream and dessert, come on, somebody, and you don't have a well-balanced meal, you might get enough calories in you to give you energy for today, but you won't have the nutrition that you need for the length of the journey. He says, I'm putting a pastor in your heart because I want somebody in your life that I trust that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. In the book of Acts, chapter number 20, verse number 28, uh, the apostle Paul is challenging the pastors there at Ephesus, and he tells them to keep watch over yourselves. Now, that's good. But because before I charge you with what I want you to do in the lives of the people, I need you to check yourself first. Check your own prayer life first. Check your own marriage first. Check your own household first. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds over the church of God. He's telling the pastors to care for the people of God. There's times you're going to preach to them. There's times you're going to speak to them. But then there are times that they're going to need a personal touch that you need to care for the sheep. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing it right now. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with, as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For... Everything God created is good and nothing to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. So this is your responsibility, pastor. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus. Do y'all want me to be a good minister of Christ Jesus? I'm asking the people of God a question. Do you want, come on, do you want a good pastor or a half a pastor? I don't know about you, but I, if I'm going to sit under somebody, I want them to be called a good minister. And part of my responsibility is not to sit by passively and just allow things to creep in the church nor in your life. But if I see something, I'm bound to say something. People sometimes get defensive when we say, sometimes people get offended when we say, but if I want to be considered a good minister, I must point things out. And after pointing them out, 2 Timothy 2.14 says, keep reminding God's people of these things. Keep remi I, I know, I know, I know from time to time, especially for some of you all who have been with me for a while, it seems as though that there are some messages that are just kind of monotonous. Okay, pastor preached that last year. He talked about this last year. The reality is there are some messages I literally, I have to talk about every single year. I have to talk about marriage every single year. I have to talk about family. I have to talk about one, one, one of my uh, relatives, they were here on last year, and they said they, they were coming throughout the year, and, and they said, I notice you don't, you, don't, you don't talk about money as much. I said, my friend, I, I will spend four to six weeks just talking about money. So don't, don't get it twisted as though, okay, he, he, don't, do, he don't deal with money. No, I got to talk about finances every single year. And it seems monotonous, but watch this. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard. You don't continue to grow off what you ate last week. 
But growth and development comes when you continue to put nourishing things in your body on a day-to-day basis. Can you say amen to that? Ephesians 4 and 11 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to somebody shall equip. So this is my responsibility to equip. I am to equip you. I am to equip. What's the purpose of equipping? Because you're on a journey. There are things that God has for you to do, and he places someone in your life like myself to speak to that journey, to prepare you for the greater works that he has in store for you. I'm moving, and I'm almost done. Second Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 1. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So, so watch this. Um, you, you're going to get um, a- almost, almost every, not every Sunday, but, but most Sundays out of the, the, the year, I'm going to be standing on the platform. And, and it's not because we have, we don't have wonderful ministers here. We have fantastic ministry gifts here. I'll probably take anywhere from two to four Sundays off throughout the year. And, and sometimes that's because of a vacation. Sometimes we, my wife and I, we have an anniversary, 21 years coming up. Uh, can, can y'all bless the Lord for that? That girl been putting up with me for 21 years. Yes. So special occasions like that, I may take that particular Sunday off to spend time with my wife, spend time with my family, sometimes vacation. Sometimes it's a stressful season that I don't feel like it's proper for me to communicate because my, my soul, watch this. My soul is not where it needs to be. So Pastor McGee will sit out that particular Sunday and allow somebody else to come in and to, to, to minister. You, you're going you're gonna to get that out of me. Yeah. Not only are you going to get that out, there will be times when there are special occasions that will arise in your life. Um, Roger and Ash, they're with us now. Roger and Ash, they got, they got about, they got over a three, two to three month time frame. They got about seven or eight weeks of personal sessions with me in preparation for their marital ceremony. That, that's, that's one-on-one time with Pastor McGee. Um, th- there's a funeral that I have to do on Tuesday. That family is going to get personal one-on-one time with me. I'm going to make myself available to the people of God. But watch this. As, as a growing pastor in wisdom, I realize although I am the pastor, I can't do everything. Although I'm the pastor, I can't be everywhere at the same time. So wisdom teaches me in this particular text, even as a pastor, the people who you have been equipping. He says in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 1, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. Watch this. This is what I want you to do, Timothy. I know that you are the pastor, but you have to entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So as we grow, as we continue to expand, I can't touch everybody, but if I touch 12 and charge them to touch 12, come on, somebody. What, What is that? It looks like small groups. It looks like auxiliaries. Our small group leaders, they function as pastors under me, caring for the flock. Oh, God, I want to help somebody in this place. And there are times when people, they want to come directly to me, and it's okay. We, we, I counsel still. I encourage still. I have one-on-one communication still. But there are systems that we have put in place, watch this, with people who have my spirit upon them. Joshua had Moses' spirit upon him. He just wasn't some man that, was, that, 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 that looked good or some man that, that, that had the ability to speak. But he had the man of God's spirit upon him. And my small group leaders, they got my anointing. They have my spirit upon them. They are put in place for pastoral care to help me to strengthen my hands to touch more people. It's a process of what you will see throughout this year, not only preaching, not only, not only teaching. You, you, you'll see us go through seasons where we do spiritual, special things just for the express purpose of spiritually nourishing you. We're in the, in, in, in the middle of 21 days of, of prayer and consecration. Why are we here? I'll tell you why. Because there are some of you guys going into 2021, you need a jump start. You need some booster cables on you. Because you can't go into this new year with that old you. 
So we set aside 21 days of prayer. And we challenge those who can come, come into the building. If you can't come into the building, watch us online and just consecrate that hour. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the, the first, watch this, the first four minutes, first four minutes sometimes is a little rough. But if I get past minute, minute number four, I tap in into the holies of holies. And I'm telling whether you're watching online or whether you're here per, uh, in person, sometimes it's rough. But if you get past that rough spot, you tap into the anointing of God and God is... We're not doing 21 days of prayer for our health, but it's for your good. Once we finish this, we'll start small groups in the month of February. And the, the February small group will be based, we're talking about financial stewardship. Financial, why are we talking about financial stewardship? Oh, oh, you're trying to pay some bills off in here, Pastor. That's what that's all about. No, the devil it ain't nothing but a liar. Watch this. I trust God to take care of his church. This church don't belong to me. It's his church, and he's going to take care of his church. But the reality is, oh, my God, those of you, you have a heart to give, but you ain't got a pocketbook to give. You got a heart to bless but your checking account say, watch this, your cash app say, you better stop typing numbers because we both know. So why are you going to deal with finances? I'll tell you why we're going to deal with finances. We're going to stretch your, not, watch this, not only your knowledge but your skill because the scripture declares that when the, when, when, when the master went and he left entrusted to his servants, he gave them talents based on their ability to handle. And the reality is if you can handle more money, God going to give you more money. Can you say amen to that? Throughout this year, we got things planned, and particularly for the people of God. God has downloaded things into my spirit as pastor, and I'm communicating with my other leaders where we're going and what we're doing and what we got going on. So what are you trying to say, Pastor McGee? I'm telling you what, I, I, what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm trying to say that this, this year, I, I want to preach to you. And the reason I want to preach to you is because I know that there are some of you all who are struggling. This doesn't negate counseling and coaching and all that other kind of wonderful stuff. But there are some things that preaching alone will break off of you. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be what, y'all? Saved, delivered. But how can, they be, how can they be set free if they don't believe the word that comes out of the man of God's mouth? How can they believe if they don't hear it? How can they hear it if nobody is sent to minister to them? I want to preach to you. I want to not only preach to you, but I want to feed you this year. I want to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Again, you can read on your own, and you should. You can study on your own, and you should. But there are things that God troubles me with. He, tr he lays a burden upon my heart, not for just Greg, but it's for the house of God. And you can run without these words, but you will be limited in some capacity. <sighs> Say it plainly, Pastor McGee. If Jesus says, I have given you spiritual gifts, for the fulfillment, fulfillment of your ministry. But not only have I given you spiritual gifts, but I have given you a gifts in the form of pastors and leaders. If you just choose the individual gifts and say, thank you for these, Jesus, but I don't want that one. Do you really think that you're going to grow to your full stature of maturity rejecting gifts that God gave to you? I just want to let that one marinate in the air. Aunt Charlotte, that was so good, I'm going to say it again. If God says, I have gifts for you, and you embrace the ones that are personal that you don't necessarily have to be accountable to or for, but you reject the other ones that he's placed in your life that helps with accountability, do you really think that you will reach your full level of maturity embracing half of what Jesus says belongs to you? So I want to feed you with knowledge. I want to shepherd you. I want to care for you this year. And care looks like for some, there will be individual time with me. But then for others, it won't necessarily be individual time with me, but through me with other leaders that I have placed in position. I had a fa fantastic, I'm going to pick at Sister Chapman, Sister Felicia Chapman. She called me because she reached out to her. Watch this. It ain't even a small group, but it's, she, she's over the usher staff, and she was calling other usher members, just checking on them to see how they was doing. And one of the brothers picked up the phone and said, wow, you... You call me, that's what she's supposed to do as an auxiliary leader. 
when she touched them, ooh, God, when she touched them, I touched them because I'm the one who put her in position. So I want to shepherd you. Watch this. Not only shepherd you, I want to point things out in you this year. I want to point some things out because I don't take it for granted that you can see everything that's going on in your life. So as God shows me things, I want to talk to you about it. As God deals with me, I want, ooh, this is so good. Listen, as God deals with me, I'm going to tell you why I'm saying it like this in a moment. I want to have the liberty to share with you what God is dealing with me about. I want to keep reminding you of promises. 2021, I want to continue to equip you for the journey. What are you trying to say, Pastor McGee? In 2021, I want to be your pastor. That's what I'm saying. I want to be your pastor. Hold on. So this message really not lining up because I'm a member. Remember? <laughs> remember new members class? Remember? Remember, I, like, like I'm here. Like I, I, I sow seeds. I give like money. I speak to your kids. I don't understand. Let me make it plain. Let me go back to my beginning statement. The most, and I'm done, the third most important decision in your life is choosing who you will allow to spiritually shepherd you. There are many who are here, but they haven't allowed me to pastor them. I'm, I'm a good preacher to them, a good teacher. I'm a good communicator to them. I'm an encourager. When I go through like troubling times, I'll reach out to you and say, hey, pastor, this happened or this is what's going on. Can you kind of keep me in prayer? I, I, I do that. But I hadn't, I hadn't allowed you to, to be a pastor to me. Picking with one of the members a couple of nights ago, and I asked him, I said, Am I your pastor? He looked at me, Yeah, you're my pastor. What do you mean? Am I, am I allowed to be? <laughs> Let me tell you what 2020 tried to do to the church. Brother Roger, 2020 tried to do away with the office of the pastor. I'm telling you, 2020 tried to do that. How did they try to do that? Because when we went on shutdown, all y'all church top. You church top. You didn't come into the virtual sanctuary and really connect to your local church. You visited your church for 10 minutes and then you went to the next church for 10 more minutes. And then you clicked on the other church for 20 more minutes. And you were like, ooh, this is good. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. There's a difference between a vitamin and a meal. There's a difference between a vitamin and a meal. A meal is holistic. When you come here throughout the year, you receive meals and the whole meal might necessarily show up on a particular Sunday but God gives you what you need for this moment at this particular time a vitamin is something that you just take as a supplement that boosts you I, so I, I take I have my vitamins that I take matter of fact before I, I, I ate an apple before I came on the stage and after eating the apple I took my vitamins and my, my vitamins got a little boost in it so I, I, I'm feeling that boost. I feel the boost of the Holy Ghost and caffeine right now. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost and vitamin B. But watch this. If you take the vitamin without the food, you're going to get sick. And the body of Christ is getting sick because they're looking for stuff to boost them with vitamin B, to boost them with caffeine, 
to boost them, but they're not willing to sit down and actually enjoy. <laughs> You'd understand, it takes time and patience to really enjoy a meal. And we're living in a microwave generation where folk don't want, they don't want to wait. We got stuff on, on Facebook, and I'm not against it, but it, it's, it's one group that I'm a part of. It says, give me a word right now. And I'm with that because, watch this, give me a word right now is a vitamin. Because I've had a meal at church, but I'm just going through a, oh, God, watch. Well, every day, every day for me, every day around 2 o'clock, I'll eat lunch about 12, 31 o'clock. About 2 o'clock, I get my second cup of coffee. And the second cup of coffee takes me on to like 5, 6 o'clock when it's time to eat. And about 8, 9 o'clock, it's time to rest and get ready to go to bed. But sometimes I just need a little boost. But I can't live on coffee. I can't live on coffee. So what are you saying again, Pastor McGee? I'm telling the church. I'm telling EMCC. I want to be your pastor this year. I want to be your pastor this year. I don't want to just be a vitamin amongst vitamins that you take when you just need to hear something and be in. No, 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 no. No, no. No, no. We, we, we're working on this, this little deal right now where... I'm, I'm seeing some of my pastor friends doing it. I absolutely love it. I started a couple of years ago, but just didn't follow through where I take these two-minute clips, put a little music behind it, put the words on the screen, and it's, it's like, like the meat, not necessarily the meat, but just a, a high point within the message and just sending that out as encouragement, as encouragement. That two minutes is enough to boost me. Just ain't enough to keep me, though. world is saying that this is not needed, but I'm telling you, the devil is absolutely a liar. It's needed. I want to be your pastor th this year. So if I'm going to be your pastor, that means that you're going to commit to actually be a member. I'm going to be a member at EMCC. I don't want you to spend the rest of your life floating and drifting. I have too many folks that are lying to me right now in my face that they are declaring that floating is working for them. They lying to me. And not only are they lying to me, they lying on the word. Because when you say floating, not committing to a local body, not submitting to a leadership or pastor, when you say that's working for you, you calling the word of God a liar. Because the word of God says that this is a part of your healthy nutrition. I gave you a pastor so that they can feed you with knowledge and understanding. So that they continue to help you and equip you along your journey. I want to be a pastor. Will you be a member of this church this year? That's my question to the body of Christ, to the local church body of EMCC. Will you, will you be a member this year? Will you, will you choose to commit to this local church body? What, what do you mean commit to this local? I'm, I'm like, I'm like committed to Lady Mickey. She said, I better be. She ain't lying. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all ever seen that movie, It's a Thin Line Between Love and Hate? Yeah. Lady Mickey like the crazy lady. You do you still love me? You do you still love me? <laughs> I don't want to go through no craziness, shit. I don't want to go through no craziness, dog. All this yours. So I'm committed to Lady McGee. So in my commitment to Lady McGee, I make her, oof, <laughs> I make her a priority over other people. It's not that I don't help other people. It's not that I'm not there for other people. But she has a special pull towards me because she's number uno. And there are some of you guys who say you're members here, but EMCC ain't number uno. We're we not, we not number one. I mean, you appreciate what we do, but, but my commitment, my loyalty, and that's what God is looking for, and that's what I'm looking for, loyalty. What if my hand decides not to show up today? Scripture declares, and, and please, please hear my heart on this. 
I taught this two weeks ago that there is the universal body of Christ, but then there also, there's also the local body of Christ. And two-thirds of the New Testament is not written to the universal body. It's written to the local body. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth. He writes to the local churches, church bodies in Galatia. He writes to the local church in the province of Asia. And these local churches are comprised of members of a local body. And each member has a role and a responsibility. I preached this two weeks ago so the hands can't say to the eyes, I'm not a part of the body because the ears cannot say to the feet, I am not a part of the body because I'm not the... Every member has a function in the body. And if God has placed you here, and that's the only way it works. Somebody shout, that's the only way it works. So you don't just, well, let me say it like this. You might have thought you chose this church because you like this about the church or I like that about the church. But the reality is God birthed something in your heart for this church because this was the one he chose for you. Watch this. God spoke to me concerning Lady McGee and said that that was my real. But watch this. After telling me that, or actually prior to telling me that, he had already birthed something in my heart towards, that made me look at her a different way than I looked at any other woman. It was already there. So when, when, when that thing was birthed in your, when it was birthed in your heart, it wasn't you choosing. God says, this is the church for you. So when he brought you, when he brought you into this church, you became a member of this particular church body. And because you are a member of this particular church body, that means that you have a function that only you can do. I used the analogy two weeks ago that, that I'm still giving my arm a rest because it's not 100. I was bench pressing, and when I was bench pressing, I, I came up here, and this left arm went out on me. It went out. Watch this. Right arm compensated. Watch this. Compensated for what the left arm could not, left hand could not do. So we will compensate, but we can never replace you. And then compensating... That means that I'm carrying somebody else's burden, and if I'm carrying some, the totality of somebody else's burden, that means I'm really not doing the best that I could do to carry my own burden. That's what happens when you don't show up, when you are not in position, when you are not available. Now, let's deal with availability just for a second. Let's deal with availability for a second. Sometimes availability is because I'm in sin. And if you are in sin, then come and you confess your sins and you get someone to help you through. I had somebody to come to me and, and they had this particular issue in their lives. And I said, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for trusting me with that particular concern. This is what I want to do. I want to pair you with somebody who I know personally in this ministry that has gone through that gone through it, got the t-shirt and living, watch this, a holy life, a consecrated life and not even tempted by that again. I want to pair you with somebody just like but I never could have did that. Had they not come to me, in my mind, they just AWOL. They just gone for whatever reason. So sometimes it's, it's I got stuff in my life. Sometimes I don't have stuff in my life but I'm, I just got shame on me. I'm still embarrassed by what I was in. I'm telling you, God has saved us all. He's delivered us all. And all of us, somebody shout, I got a past too. I got a past too. Not only do you have a past, somebody shout, I got struggles too. I might not be falling to my struggles, but I still got them. I might not, tri I'm, I might not be tripping to my temptations, but I still got them. So if you got temptations, join, join the club. Come, come struggle along with us. Come struggle. Come, come on. Come, come run the race with us. On. So there's some people, they got dumb stuff in their lives. And then there's some people, they, they got shame on them. But then there's some who are members who are missing because they have not prioritized the work of God. So they're, they're just out. 
they're, they're out. They love me. They love the ministry. But I just got other things that's just more important, I feel, than this right here. And I know I'm a hand. I know I'm a foot. I know I'm supposed to be hearing. I'm, I know I'm supposed to be helping to see. I know I'm supposed to be helping to discern. But I just, I'm asking you this year, I'm, will you be a member of EMCC? Will you be a member? What does that compose of? That composes of three things. There's a portion of time that you give. There's a portion of your talent. And there's a portion of your treasure. Nobody's going to give all of their monies or resources. Nobody's going to give all of their time. Nobody's going to give all of nothing. But there's a portion that you can contribute of your time your talent, of your treasures, to support the work of God so that we can do what we're called, what we're called to do. Back, back in the stage, I was um, in the back finishing up some things. And um, so, so Chad, Chad is like, uh, hey, Chad, come stand right here. Come stand on that canvas. That's my dude. Man, have I told you I love you today? Yep. yep. So just, just shoot. This is my dude. Put, put it on him. So this is my dude. Folks who don't know Anthony Chapman, this is Anthony Chapman right here. As soon as he, there it is right there. That's my dude. Y'all give it up for my dude, right? Okay. So, um, Anthony Chapman is Deacon Elect at EMCC. Can y'all bless the Lord for Deacon Elect? So Anthony Chapman has been going through testing for three years now. You just don't get your hands laid on at EMCC just because, well, I was a deacon at Southern Missionary. <laughs> well, well, praise the Lord. Now you at EMCC. Deacon elect. So one of the things that, simple things, but very important. His responsibility on a Sunday morning is to make sure everything is on time in order. Everything. I got, as an example, Ty's back there and he's running sound and he's running production and he's, he's kind of overseeing that department. But watch this. If the people ain't on the canvas, Ty and his crew ain't going to have nobody to shoot the camera at. So, so I'm, it's, it's like four minutes till service start and, and I'm walking through the door and Chad is coming to get me, Pastor. We got three minutes. What if I would have lost track of time and he would have chosen not to show up? What would have happened is at 10.30, we would have lied to the world because we told the world we started 10.30 sharp. At 10.30, you can expect to see somebody's face on this stage welcoming you here locally and welcoming the live television audience. The reason we did not lie is because we have people in position that says, just because the eye, I'm not the eyes, I'm not going to not show up and think that my job is inferior. Or what, no, no, no. Just because I'm not the hands, just because I'm, no, 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 no. I'm going to take whatever responsibility that I can as a member of this body and I'm going to fulfill it to the best of my ability. My plans are to be a good, no, my plans are to be a better pastor this year. I want to encourage you to be a better member this year. So I'm going to make it, thank you, Chad. I'm going to make the commitment feed the people of God. I'm going to make the commitment to equip you. I'm going to make the commitment to point things out in your life. I'm going to make the commitment to continue to remind you of things that are most important in this particular season. I'm going to make the commitment to preach in season and out of season. I'm going to make that commitment to you. I want you to make the commitment that, Pastor, I'm going to show up the best way I can. Might not be able to come physically. That's okay. That's okay. But when I'm at 10, from, from 1030 to, to when we quit, 
Pastor, you're going to have my undivided attention. I'm going to be in the worship. I'm going to make my home a, san a sanctuary during that time span because I'm committed. Pastor, when it's time for small group, I'm going to do my best to arrange my schedule as much as I can to choose a group to be a part of every single week. Because watch this, the scripture declares you confess your sins to God, watch this, and you get forgiven. But when you confess your faults to one another, James says you are healed. So it's important that I connect to a group of believers so that I can be transparent. Watch this. So, so, so when there are things in my soul that's going on, I got somebody I can say, hey, hey, I got... It blessed me so much. I had one sister come to me, and she said I was get, she was getting ready to have lunch with another sister. And I'm thinking to myself, they totally, I mean, just like two different worlds. How? And then it hit me. They're in the same small group. So it brought these two totally different people together that's able to encourage and share their testimonies and share their stories, and it's building both of their lives. Pastor, I'm going to get connected to a small group. 21 days of prayer, I tell you what, I, I work in the evening, but you know what? I'm, what I'm, I'm going to do my best to do, when I, get, when I get off, I'm going to try to set aside an hour so I can just participate. Maybe I can't come, but I'm going to click online. I'm, I'm going I'm to participate. I'm show up. I want you to be a better member this year. There's some of you guys who are extremely gifted, you are extremely talented, and you are sitting down on me. You are sitting down on me, and not only on me, but on God. There's some of you guys who have specialty skills. I got electrical work that need to be done right now, and you sitting down on me. I got roofing work that need to be done right now, and you are sitting down on me. There are other areas of specialty in that. So, so, so I got people that say, oh, Pastor, I help. But they're not necessarily skilled and specialized in that particular area. But I got it in the house. You sitting down on me. I need you to get up. I need you to get in position. Maybe you can't give 100% of your time to fulfill a complete function. But you can give me, you can give me some. Brother, 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 brother Marcus, he came this morning to light the pilot light. And uh, one of the pilot lights went out. And watch this. I'm not lighting the pilot light. I'm not doing it. One, one brother came. To, matter of fact, my brother-in-law came, came the other day. and He lit one. And uh, he like, man, you, this is how you do it. I said, I don't want to learn. I don't want to know. Because I'm not going to be responsible for blowing myself. Nor this church up. So don't even teach me. If it go out, I'm calling you. Somebody that's qualified, there you go, Lady McGee. Everybody in the sanctuary, please stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Those of you all who are watching me at home, um, if you ain't driving, if you're driving, just do what you do. But if you're sitting on your couch, I want you to stand on your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Join hands with your family, if, with your family. If you came here with your family, join hands with them. If, they don't, if they're not in your household, don't touch them. I rebuke super spreading in Jesus' mighty name. If you by yourself, you can just, I'm, watch this. I'm gripping both my hands. Just like that. Lady McGee, come, sweetheart. Stand with me. This is my girl. This is my girl. I'm asking you to stand because this first month of 2021, I'm expecting, Sister Leanne, I want to thank you so much for uh, receiving that award and explaining the award because we've received that in the past from a school, and I thought that's what it was. It wasn't from a school this time. It was from the whole school district. <laughs> from a school. It was the whole school district. What professional football team, basketball team would be excited about the championship ring that they won last year? Where? Who? When, when Jordan won the first one, you think he was, when Kobe won the first one, 
after the night was over, it was done. It's time to get to work for the next one. So although we struggled in many, in many areas last year, we had some great victories. Yes, we did. Collectively and individually. <clears throat> but that's done with. I'm looking forward to the victories in 2021. And when it comes to this church, victories are not won by captains. Victories are not won by coaches. Victories are won by teams. So if we're going to impact this city, if we're going to be the salt and light of this city the way that we're supposed to be, then we're going to have to come together as a church body. God placed me in this local church as a pastor. Watch this. Not to run nobody, not to rule over nobody, no but as a leader to guide the people of God into the place that we're supposed to be to serve him to the best of capacity that we can. So I'm making a commitment, we are making a commitment, both me and my wife right now, that this year, doesn't matter what we gave last year, that's done with, but I'm making a commitment this year as your pastor, you're gonna get 110 out of me this year. 110. I ain't holding nothing back. I got some crazy things in my spirit right now, and I'm just waiting on some couple of messages to teach and to preach on it so y'all can like be like, okay, that is in the Bible. <laughs> I ain't talking about nothing. I'm talking about means of reaching people, ministering to people, encouraging people in a way that we never have before. Watch this. Because somebody prayed, somebody prayed this earlier today when I was on the intercessor line. And they said it, and when they said it, I said I received it. I didn't receive it in the past, but I receive it now. They said, you are pastor to pastors. You are pastor to pastors. So there are some partnerships that we're going to make this year. Like we, we've, we've teased with it in the past. But there's some things, there's some connections that we're making this year. That's going to be absolutely amazing. That's going to bless this community. Watch this. It's going to bless your lives because you're going to be proud to be a part of it. So I'm going to give 110 this year. I'm asking you to give 110. I'm asking you to give 110. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, now in the name of the Lord Jesus, God, we are standing here because we are prepared to make a proclamation a declaration in 2021 concerning this local church. Thank you, God, for Bishop Jakes. Thank you for Dr. Matthew Stevenson. Thank you, God, for R.A. Vernon. Thank you, God, for Dr. Youngie Cho. <laughs> Thank you, God, for all of those leaders across the globe that's impacting this world on a crazy level. Thank you, God, for the Pastor Jones and the Bishop Jason Johnsons and the Pastor Atkins and the Pastor Rouses, the Rosses. Thank you, God, for those ministries and what you're doing in them. But right now, we are approaching you not based on what they're doing, but we're approaching you based on what you want to do in this local church body, in this community. And we are here because we're saying that this year, 2021, we are recommitting our lives, our time, our talent, and our treasure for the building of this local church, for the edifying of the saints, so that we can do the work of the ministry collectively to impact not only the members in the house, but God, all of those outside of the house within our sphere of influence. So, Father, we come humbling ourselves to you, and we're asking with your help, somebody shout, Lord, with your help, I make this commitment. Now, I need you to say, if, if this is your house, those are watching me online, 
Those who are in the house today, if this is you, I want you to say it. If you're still unsure, it's okay. Don't utter these words. It's okay. We love you. Don't utter these words. Maybe you're visiting for the first time and you're like, I, I enjoy the teaching, but I ain't 100. Don't utter these words. Watch this. Because this is, this is a blood covenant that we're making not only with God, but with this ministry. For those of you all who are ready to make that commitment, repeat these words after me. Say, with your help, God. I make the commitment today to be a servant in this house to allow the man and woman of God that you've set in this house to bring guidance, encouragement, strength, and correction into my life so that I can be the better. Father, I trust you, and because I trust you, I trust who you've placed in my life. I willingly submit to what you have done and what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and put those hands together all over this building. Give God a hand clap of praise. Yeah.